I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today's guest is Tammy Jackson, Director of Safety and Permits for the City of New Orleans. Among her responsibilities is enforcing the city's rules for short-term rental operators. Today, we'll discuss the city's recently announced plans to increase the number of city workers dedicated to the cause and to introduce new software that will help find unlicensed listings. Ms. Jackson, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate this opportunity to let the community know exactly what we're doing. So just to get the lay of the land, what is the status of short-term rentals in New Orleans right now in 2022? I don't know any metrics about the size of it, licensed versus unlicensed, the good, bad, and the ugly. Hmm. So of course, we've been doing a, a lot of reporting on that. And that's why we recently procured, you know, a contractor, uh, Granica Software, to actually really help us to determine how many overall illegal short-term rentals that we have. We know that we have over, we process over 2,000 applications annually, uh, especially since December, it was December 19, 2019, when we actually uh, changed the laws. So that's why everybody is they will talk about renewal, but it's not really renewal. It's an initial application to ensure that you're abiding by all of the rules in place. And so in 2020, we processed over 2,000 applications. Uh, the rules uh, changed about residential areas. It, it has to be owner-occupied, as well as it limited also some commercial areas to maybe 25% of a building. And so we had to kind of inform and educate everyone that the application process isn't as simple as we have kind of like a two-page application and you submit some documents. It's also reviewing who is in first, especially where we have a block face where you can only have one or a building where you can only have 25% of that building or 25% uh, or one, maybe if it's a double, that's still one because you can't have you know, more than 50%. And so there are a lot of nuances in the rules for short-term rentals. So the application process isn't really that simple, but we've gotten it down to two weeks. And so that's why we want to educate everybody about the rules. We want to get some enforcement in place so everyone knows the rules. And we, but we also know that we have the bad actors out there. Uh, the person that lives in New York, and is claiming that homestead exemption here in New Orleans. And so that's where we're trying to get up on enforcement. Uh, so even though we haven't done the full implementation of the Granica software, we, we are still moving forward with enforcement as far as um, informing the assessor when we believe there's a um, homestead exemption fraud. Uh, we are also informing the platforms to make sure that those uh, illegal short-term rentals are removed, those advertisements, and that's the violation as well. And then also where we have these large parties where we do have a licensee that is exceeding capacity, that's a violation. 
So we're still moving forward as we also try to get a handle on the big picture and see how many are out there. Um, the communities have been very, very, very clear that they want to make sure that their neighborhood is stabilized and they don't want uh, just and they want to and also how it's affecting affordable housing as well. Uh, there has been an uptick in, you know, vacant properties that are used for short term rental that could potentially house a family, but now are only uh, occupied doing special events. And so we taken that into consideration as well, but it's more so legislation, making sure we have the, you know, the right legislation in place, as well as the enforcement legislation on what we can do with those bad actors. Is there a ballpark figure or a range to guess about how many short-term rentals are operating in the city? Um, legally, as far as application, it's the- well, That's true, I guess it's, that's two very different numbers, right? Right, that's the 2000, but uh, we've also um, heard during our time of procurement from the various vendors that submitted, they did some analysis and research and each one seemed to indicate that there's almost probably as, as many that are operating illegally. So I, I do remember when the plans were announced about three years ago to beef up enforcement and they, they created the new categories and the rules and there was the certain neighborhoods that were, that were banned, but then the city and others have expressed disappointment in the way that the enforcement ultimately rolled out. What do you think was the problems? And then talk about what's about to happen now and how it might be different. Oh, I can tell you the problem, staffing. Uh, currently, our staff has five inspectors and one management development analyst that reviews applications. Uh, we recently added another management development analyst. So you have two reviewing applications, five inspectors. And the inspectors have also had to review applications during the pandemic. So you primarily had a division of seven people. Right. And seven people and the inspectors that are supposed to be out in the field are in the office processing applications. You can imagine that, you know, enforcement was slim to none. Right. So that's, we've identified that problem. So in, in seven, our staff is uh, increasing to 23. So we know we need to double the staff and we went a little further because we also need office assistants to help with paperwork as well. And so with the addition of 23 full-time staff mem members, we believe that that's going to get us to at least 50 cases a month. And so we're talking about 600 cases a year. Um, we're making sure that illegal listings from uh, short-term rental platforms on a bi-weekly basis and maybe even sooner. And, and Granicus has software that they can scrub all day. So just imagine I have one inspector that's at, a, at the monitor going through Craigslist, Facebook, you know, Airbnb, and attempting to go through realtor sites to see, is this the location? Because generally the location isn't um, identified until 24 hours before you book. Right. That's another thing, um, having the resources to book something and try to find this location and, you know, and canceling, you know, there's a fee for canceling. 
but just we're we're just trying everything in our power. And so with Granicas, we believe that this software is really going to help improve enforcement. At the very least, make identifying those that don't have a license, informing them that they can't operate. And we think that'll reduce also these uh, parties that are really a problem and affecting the police force because right now it's a disturbance. So they must call the police. But identifying those bad actors and so our, you know, our police can police and, and do other things and not have to deal with uh, some of the quality of life issues that it, this um, increase in staff will definitely help. And also with the increase of staff, administrative staff, we wanna make sure that we can have robust public outreach. You know, making sure that neighbors, uh, um, the, you know, the administration is big on, if you see something, say something, that neighbors are empowered to say, hey, I looked on the website, looks like this person has a homestead exemption, but I know for a fact no one lives there. Right, right. So, and reporting that to the assessor. Um, also, when they show up with 10 bags, and you know, like, this is a two-bedroom house, so the maximum capacity is four, and there are 10 people getting out of a taxi or Uber, right. you know, for the weekend, and making sure that the community knows that we're, you know, we're connected, that we want to hear from them. And also making sure that they feel comfortable also coming in to testify, because that's one of the things we need as well. Uh, the hearing officers have been clear that they want the evidence to support uh, the violations. And so we have to have like stakeouts. And in that hiring, we're making sure that we're hiring for non-traditional hours. So we're not going out on a Monday for a report we receive Saturday because, yeah, we won't see the violation. We're there Saturday. We're there Saturday morning when they check in or we're there, uh, you know, Sunday when they check out or Thursday night when they check in and Monday morning when they check out. It sounds like they are almost uh, doing police work or private detective work. They're out there in the fields uh, watching what happens? It re they really are. And as we interview for the um, openings, we're asking, hey, do you like a mystery? Do you like to solve <laughs> you know, a problem or solve a puzzle? Because it will be a stakeout where you may be sitting there for an hour or two doing those normal check-in hours. Uh, like, like I said, Thursday night, anywhere from, I, I would say, three to midnight. You may be there watching those 10 suitcases come in, or we may get an email from or a call from a neighbor that says, hey, I'm hearing a lot of noise. And yes, we have pictures of them playing beer pong in the back and it's a, it's a large party and it's a two bedroom. You, they have a license, but for occupancy of four people. So right. yeah, we're making sure that we are out there and and I, I can say that that wasn't always done monday morning we come in and the inspector is going out on monday morning and they're inspecting and of course they don't find a violation they may be gone or they may be inside quiet they're not partying on the monday monday morning you know right. 
they're all sleeping it off. Right. So, uh, <laughs> so are, are you actively hiring and looking for the inspectors right now? Yes, I, I definitely was not going to leave today without letting you know that. <laughs> It sounds like it sounds like this is a chance to let people know that you're that you're casting. Yes, we definitely are. And um, you can go to the city's website. It's NOLA.gov and it's under civil service and it's code enforcement inspector. Um, so we are definitely actively hired. We're adding 11, you know, people to the staff. So that doubles our inspection staff. And so right there, that's going to make an immediate impact on how we can ensure that we're out there during the times of the violation. And we can have those turnaround times where we can schedule a hearing. I mean, state law provides that we schedule a hearing within 15 days. You know, the person has to have 15 days notice. So, you know, June 1st, but we, when you send an email or you make a call June 1st, we want to be out there that week, that Thursday, that Friday, that Saturday. We don't want it to go two weeks. Uh, or if June 1st is a Saturday, we're out there that night. Right. So I wanted to ask you about the hearings. Okay. Forgive me for my ignorance. I don't know what an administrative hearing is. And I did read that one of the worries is that you, the, the current laws only allow so much so many fines or so much punishment so that may not be enough of a disincentive for someone who's making a fortune right now. So talk to me about that process, how it is now, and maybe how you see it, you know, getting better. Yeah, so we are limited by state law, which um, has the violation under a misdemeanor, which the maximum fine is $500. Now we have the ability to charge $500 for each instance. So each day is a different violation. So but we have to corroborate that there was a violation each day. So if we have 10 people that come in on Friday, we, we go on Friday, we, you know, photo the 10 people. Saturday, we photo the 10 people. Sunday, we are photoing the 10 people. And that can that's be $500 for each day. Uh, so that's $1,500. And so that might be the entire cost of your rental. So that's how we have to affect them uh, in that way. It can't be a cost of doing business, whereas $500 for a weekend you made 2000, you may say, ah, hey, five, I may have still made 1500. And so that's how we have to actually make it expensive to violate the law. Basically it's the, the, the maximum fine, but you have to try and levy it each day. And yes. that's the only way it becomes, has enough teeth. Yes. I understood. I just want to, I realized I should, let's, let's draw a distinction between an Airbnb operator who's following the rules and uh, not a menace versus the, the, the type of thing we're talking about. What's like the, let's say we jump ahead two years, the increased enforcement has done its job. Uh, the increased staff to take applications is doing its job. So people whose applications are coming in are, are getting processed quickly. Like, how do you envision it looking if, if everything is ship shape? Well, I mean, the, the community's quality of life it is not affected. So, and that's why it was so important for the residential areas to include um, a homestead exemption and owner-occupied properties because you're definitely not going to put up with 10 people checking in next door to you for a weekend party. And so that's why it's important to make sure that we're, you know, and that's the, the assessor is authorized to do that. 
checking to make sure that they are, they are truly a resident in those residential areas. And then for commercial, it's making sure that they have an operator that is responsive to uh, reports, complaints, uh, making sure that the operator is, uh, they, if the building is 100 units and you can only have 25 units, that there are, you know, only 25 units and they're responsive to the other 75 tenants' complaints and, and their quality of life isn't diminished. Uh, understood. I wanted to ask you about the software. What does it do exactly and how does your team use it? So and the software we currently use is Llama where all the applications are going. So, and right now we're in the um, data sharing stage where we're making sure that our two um, systems talk to each other and has all the information so they can identify not only a person that has never applied, but also identified a person that has a license but it may be in violation of you know, the occupancy rules. So the software, first and foremost, the software can identify um, a person that ha does not have a license, they have never applied. And so one of the things that, you know, people are very, very savvy. So they know that say our licenses start at the year and you have the operator, STR and a five digit number. And then that's the operator's license. And then you also have whether or not it's a, um, a residential or commercial short-term rental. So they know it starts with the year, RSTR, <laughs> five digits. Right. And so they will make it up on Airbnb. Uh, and so it looks like it's, you know, legitimate. And, and maybe it is legitimate on one of their properties. They have five right. of them that they're using the same number. So Granikin software can immediately identify this and, you know, request the um, removal. And so that's one of the things that Airbnb initially said they were going to have some software for the neighborhood and um, the city to do the back door in. But like I said, right now, it's really very manual with what the inspectors have to research and go to realtor site and try to get, hey, it's in this vicinity, try to see, okay, I think based on the pictures they've shown in, you know, this looks like this apartment and, or going there and seeing that number that's on five different, you know, um, listings and saying, okay, it's for this one here and all four of these are in violation. They do not have a license. And we're asking the platforms, we are definitely re-engaging with them uh, because we find that this is a problem all over the country, just not in New Orleans, that the platforms, they're making so much money till, you know, uh, they're not as, uh, as, city friendly as they said they would initially be. I did remember right when Airbnb was posting all, all, a lot of messages to its users saying, you know, it's time to comply and you have to submit this information or, or show us that you've paid your license, you know, fee by a certain date and all that stuff. Uh, so it seemed like at first, at least Airbnb was, was, was getting on board, but I don't know the status now. Yes, and, and I, we still engage, but there are, and that, as with the world, you know, there's a lot of turnover. So we're like, who's our contact now? 
you know, trying to get information and trying to make sure that they, this is delisted because we have found that a property may be delisted, um, you know, on Monday and it's back up on Wednesday. Or, you know, or the property is delisted and, but they're still renting. And one of the, another concern was the people double and triple booking that own several properties and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry when the people get here, we've heard this complaint. I'm so sorry, it was double booked, but we have this other property. And of course the other property is in a location that it's not allowed, for instance, Treme or the French Quarter. And so that's how the bait and switch is done. So there's no listing for that property in the French Quarter or Treme, but, and there's a legitimate listing but when that person gets here, they're saying, hey, you know, there was some glitch. We didn't see it. But let me tell you, I'm going to move you to the heart of the French Quarter. Right. Who could turn down, right? I just so happened to have this amazing opportunity, yeah. Exactly. So who could turn that down? Well, I, and so we're trying to make sure we get on top of that as well. It's amazing to see all of the... Um, ways people figure out how to work around all the rules on the platforms and, and from the city. And, and now, now that you mentioned it a, a few years ago, I, I remember taking my daughter to LA, we had to look at colleges and we booked an Airbnb. And I think what you just described is exactly what happened to us. I didn't even understand what happened until you just said that. But uh, this really nice guy showed up and then took us to this, you know, it, actually it wasn't that nice of a place, but it was, you know, it was, it was, I think whatever we saw a picture of and booked was not where we stayed. <laughs> so people it's like you're you're there, you're in another city. You need a place, you you know, you're with your family, you need a place to stay. So you don't really question it. Mm -mm. Like, okay, it's worked out. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to pay any more money. You're just gonna take me. And like I said, when you're coming to New Orleans and somebody takes you five minutes away from the French Quarter or in the heart of the French Quarter, you're like, oh wow. Right. You know, that's less Uber money. I'm in the, you know, in the middle of everything. Who could turn that down? That's interesting. Yeah, it's funny that you say it. Now it's all clicking for me. So um, I'm wondering about these administrative hearings. Is that a thing where someone has to physically show up somewhere? Or is it, is it a Zoom or how does it work? Both. Right now, both. Uh, but, and we're doing in person. Uh, we, we know that, you know, COVID guidelines have, um, you know, the restrictions have lessened, but we're also, it is very important to make sure that we protect our staff. And so we're making sure that we have the room to do all of the hearings. And, um, but we are going in person and we're also trying to keep the Zoom element uh, to make sure that we can get contact with the person. The person can have their day in court. So that's important to us on both sides to say, because sometimes we have operators that, you know, the owner may not have known that they, did, they didn't have a legitimate license or, and this may be the first time that they're saying, oh, well, I have this person managing this for me and I thought this was allowed. And so that's our first opportunity to say, okay, if you didn't know now, you know, and this right. is how I need you to operate moving forward. Understood. And then what do you say to the lawyer I saw quoted in the paper who was saying that this, uh, this you shouldn't be doubling the or more than doubling the size of the workforce because this problem isn't as bad as uh, as people are saying it is. 
it was like it was a lawyer for one of the operators of multiple uh, multiple short-term rentals mm -hmm. um i mean he, he doesn't want enforcement I, and I, I think i know exactly the lawyer you're talking about too and, you, and that's why he was a minority in the room because everybody knows that there you know there is a problem and if there wasn't a problem okay let's double the workforce and 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 make sure that there isn't and then we can actually have some trained people for other divisions because we still are short staffed in other divisions so understood and okay my last question for you you know here we are in this post-pandemic moment and you know there's a lot of good things happening in new orleans for the economy and the business community and then there's also challenges that we all see what makes you feel uh pessimistic or worried about our city and what makes you feel optimistic for for the way things are going okay well first post pandemic i, I don't know i i i kind of use that too but unfortunately you know I, i'm i'm ready to receive post pandemic we're not there yet um understood but understood. i'm an optimist i really am an optimist and we're on the front end of this and just right now i am just trying to you know hire the right people but i'm confident that getting the staff in place you're going to definitely see uh, an immeasurable change where you're saying oh that did work that was the problem and we solved that problem excellent Tammy Jackson, I really enjoyed talking to you. Thanks for sharing your time. No, thank you for having me. Like I said, thank you for letting us get out our side as well. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.